But you say he's just a friend. And you say he's just a friend. Oh, baby, you stop what I need. But you say he's just a friend. But you say he's just a friend. Oh, baby, you came here to say that you don't really want it with us. Yeah. We love you, know. We came here to say that you don't really want it with us. What's going on? What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the Yours Show. I'm your host, Big Baby, aka Dre Dollars, and rocking out with me to my right, the Queen, Seven K Tay. Hey, everybody! What's going on? And we have a very, very, very special guest. Very special guest. Please. Introduce yourself, sir. How you guys doing? My name is Henry Oregon. I'm the founder and NFLPA agent at Disruptive Sports Agency. Yes, yes. Thank you for having uh, for being on the show with us. Not having us, but yeah. being on the show with us. <laughs> sure. Well, definitely. Um, we start this always. How's your week been? So we'll start with you, Mr. Henry. Yeah, week's been great. You know, it's been full of it's been a roller coaster ride. It's been some great. Breaking news in, in football, I mean, for the good and the worst. And, you know, it's, it's just been a great week. Try to have a positive outlook on life. How about you guys? Queen. My week was really good. I got a lot of work done. Um, was able to relax a little bit, did a little shopping. Uh, went out last night for the first time in a while. Uh, my coworkers, I guess, because they're so much younger than me, they was like, "Look at Auntie in the church dress." I, was like, <laughs> I had just came from work, so shout out to my colleagues. You definitely did your Auntie in the church dress. Um, my week was pretty good. Um, real smooth week at at work. Besides the first day when it wanted to rain and everything, and um, again, I got to go out as well. I haven't been out in a while too, but you know. Doing the thing and um, joining. I don't even play with me. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't like, been outside. Outside, I've been outside a little bit. Sure. Look. <laughs> sure. Hey, hey, hey. And boy, summer. Nah, it's not even like that. <laughs> not even like that. So, 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 so you blowing me up in front of the company? <laughs> That's what we do. Not boys up a dollar. Oh. I, all right, cool, cool. I ain't gonna blow you up. I'm gonna let you rock. Just raise your wrist a little bit. I just want to see. <laughs> raise your wrist a little bit. All right, bet. City girls up. <laughs> Yo, and joining us, um, late, but you know, better late than never. <laughs> the voice of a generation, Pete Rosado. How you doing, brother? What's up, everybody? What's up? Sorry, I got really crappy reception where I'm at in Jersey on the road right now. So. You know, I apologize for the late arrival. No excuses. None. Play no like excuses. a champion. Rule 76. <laughs> terrible, terrible. So, Pete, how was your week also? No. No, no you know what? You know what? No. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Tay's like, nah, nah, we over here. Yeah, but you get a little 30 seconds, Pete. How was your week? 
Uh, week was good. Went down to Atlanta last week, uh, see my dad, and then came back up. It's been a stressful, long week, but, you know, good nonetheless. Now I'm out in Jersey promoting for the upcoming show. Most All definitely. Right. Good job. Good job. Look at him do, being on time. We need we need to have the clock out for Peter all the time. Just, just like you hit the buzzer. So. Rest in peace to Biz Markie. You yes. guys are so young. I remember when that song was popular. You was in the video. <laughs> Houston, we have a problem. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> Don't worry. I, I got to do it for BK Matt because Matt is not here. Shout out you. to BK Matt. But, and, um, I, I, and I, yeah. He just like him, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You got me on that one. You got me on that one. Okay. Okay. Okay, Biz. Biz Junior. <laughs> Nobody beats the Biz. I remember when that song was popular when I was a little kid. Mm -hmm. um, so many different memories of like 80s hip hop. He was a pioneer. Mm -hmm. uh, he was like your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. You get yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. And the outpour of love and support that's come out for Biz, you know, and his passing, you know, shows the test, speaks to the testament of his legend, of his legacy. And um, our thoughts and prayers go out to his entire family. Um, his mark on hip hop is one, not only hip hop, but he was on the show Yo Gabba Gabba. You have a kid that's like, yeah. 14, 15, like they know what that that show is all about. And um, shout outs to Biz, man. Rest in peace. Rest in love. Most definitely. Most definitely. It's sad because I didn't know. I think about a week ago, I had seen somebody on Twitter say, rest in peace, Biz, about a week ago. And then it was like debunked that it was false. And so when I started hearing it again, I was like, okay, this is just another rumor gone bad. Uh, and then obviously the news broke the next day. And I was like, damn. Peter, you glowing. <laughs> Got a tan from North Carolina. I bet you did. I bet you did. Got a tan <laughs> in North Carolina. Mm. Mm. <laughs> you know? I see what you see, Tay. Don't worry about it. You so. glowing planet is here. Like, you a bad bitch this summer, huh, Peter? <laughs> Are we not supposed to be cursing on the show? It's too late. It's too late. <laughs> it's too late. I don't I don't have to edit the show anymore. <laughs> Like, what's your favorite color? I don't know. What's your favorite color? That's what that's what Pete do with his swoop. You glowing. That must that must be the smog out here in Tom's River, New Jersey. Anyway, it's not. It's not. Henry, let's get into disruptive sports. We we could go off the rails, and this whole show would be like this. I'm having a great time. I just listening, just laughing. I mean, you guys are hilarious. We definitely appreciate it. We definitely appreciate it. So, tell us about um, Disruptive Sports. Tell us a little about it. Disruptive Sports is a fully minority-owned sports agency. We currently represent NFL athletes, and we'll be expanding the name like this image space to represent college athletes as well. Um, and eventually, hopefully, we'll go forward into basketball and baseball players as well. Most definitely. And I know your partners with Hector Rivas, who we'll have on the show next week. Um, mm -hmm. Talk to us how that became a thing, how your partnership became uh, came to light. Yeah, I was uh, pitching towards VCs uh, just to get funding from my own sports agency. And a business partner actually introduced us to one another. You know, I didn't want fully my uh, funding. And he was somebody that 
check the boxes the criteria that I was looking for as far as an investor in a business owner. So that's how we met, and uh, you know, it was it's been uh, it was love at first sight. <laughs> that's dope. That's dope. Um, you played a little football yourself. You played at Portland State, and you also played safety. You played safety for not yes, right? How was that experience? Uh, I was, it was different. Uh, I walked on a Portland State. I ended up getting a full academic scholarship, and uh, I ended up starting my sophomore year. So I started playing a lot sophomore year, and then junior year, I ended up becoming a starter at the position for a lot of games. And uh, I ended up walking away from the game after my junior season, and they didn't give me a full ride scholarship. But the trials and tribulations taught me you can do anything you set your mind to. So. It was, a, it was an amazing experience. It was rough. It was tough. The college course is, uh, is no joke at any level. As you speak about college sports, now that um, af- college athletes, student athletes are now beginning to not, to be able to get spo- basically sponsored or, you know, get paid as being athletes, how do you feel about that being um, – a sports agent and looking at certain college athletes who may make the jump to the, to the league soon. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why I found it disruptive and I called it disruptive because we're in a time in sports there's going to be huge disruption, right? Players are starting to own their own content on social media, just as far as YouTube and different things and making their own revenue streams and launching their own things. College players now, they actually happen faster than I anticipated, are able to make money off their name, image, and likeness. Um, but to me, it all centers around branding. Like a lot of guys are really heavy at hunting on players and trying to sign them, but players that don't have a brand aren't going to make any money. And so I think that a lot of agencies are trying to do what they've always done and just doing deals, but they have to help facilitate these players' brands and who they are. And if they mismanage this early in their career in college, they're going to ruin them making money off the field down the line. So it's. Um, it's a very interesting volatile business to play, and I think that there's going to be very few players that actually capitalize the right way off of making money in this space, and a lot of players that are going to hurt the draft potential and not going to make the money off the field. Like I saw a player um, sign a two-year deal uh, for $1,000 in a tech company, and I was like, that's crazy. Wait, a two-year deal for what? Uh, a two-year deal with a tech company to promote the tech company, but it was only a thousand dollars. So, you know, that's that's not. I, I didn't hear about any effing compensation, and I just it really um it frightens me. Absolutely. So, with that, I mean, being- I just saw a story today actually about uh, two two players from Texas A and M. Um, that are going to get $10,000 each from a fan site uh, to get media access to them, which is unprecedented because usually uh, these sites and media went through the school. They were given media availability. But now that these players control their their own images and things like that, $10,000 just for media access for a fan site that generates, uh, I think it was 40,000 unique views is, is, is incredible to think about in the world of college, uh, college sports now. It's going to be unbelievable. I think that a lot of kids are, don't know their worth, and some kids think that they have worth that don't have worth. So um, it's going to be uh, imbalanced until the kind of the, the waters are navigated and understood the correct way. So it's it's the wild wild west. Yeah, we we can tell. With, with also, what then? What does your 
your agency offer? Like, what tools do they offer athletes to kind of navigate through stuff like that? So I can't give the, the secret sauce yet, but we're going to okay. announce it in terms of only reason why is because I know a lot of the other agencies, and I, I'm talking a little bit of trash here, they don't have a true game plan. And so I'm not going to give it away. But when we do stuff, it's going to be big. We're not going to do it at all. Mm. Definitely, definitely. So as a former football player, what made you fall in love with the sport of football? Oh, man. Well, let me f- fall in love with football, I think, is the, the team camaraderie. Like, those moments you have with your boys, just kind of like just kicking and talking trash. And you're, you're essentially getting in fights with one another or other people. And so you're learning, like, who your real friends are, how they really operate. There's a lot of talkers, uh, not a lot of doers. So you see who's a talker and who's a doer, and you see that on the field. So I think the football beat, it's kind of just um, – it just took the uh, – the excitement, like there's nothing like that that feeling of just, you know, hitting somebody or, or scoring a touchdown. I, I can't explain it. Just that feeling was just fun, you know. So. We we have a former football player up to, on my right-hand side, the queen, Queen Tay. Hey, queen, what you play, Queen? I was center. Yeah? What age? Shit. From, excuse my language. <laughs> Yo, I'm sleep deprived, Henry. So, okay, I'm so okay. sorry. Normally, I, the past couple of weeks I've been slipping, and I'm sorry, guys, because I know that it's not like me. Um, I played from a teenager. I was about 15, 16, always loved football. And in college, I played intramural football, and I was a center. Was always the one holding down the line. Yep. So... I think it's like a lot of people are saying, like, you know, women are playing football now. And in my, in, when I was in Pop Warner and a kid, like, girls, like, there was girls that played football. Like, I, I had two girls on my high school football team at least one year, and they, they were kickers and punters. And, but, they played like they were. They was hitting like you know. I I can be honest. I got my clock clean one time. Uh, I can't remember the girl's name. Her name was Tough Tony. She was a she was a savage. She was good. I love that of, name. Makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. <laughs> makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Her name was like Antoinette. I, I, if I remember correctly, she was like a legend. And it was so crazy because like I was the only girl that was interested in stuff like that. So. You know, the only way that I can get close to a football field is, was a, as a cheerleader. So I used to be a cheerleader practicing with the boys. Like, they would, they would run plays with me and everything in my cheerleading outfit. That's weird, but <laughs> me. I can see that. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. You're like, go it. long, go long, T, go long. <laughs> T mossing somebody and everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So he got the bad beef pose. He was sitting there like this. <laughs> Sorry. With the swoop, still with the swoop. Like he wanted to sh- shake his hair. <laughs> but he's he's gonna jump in with bad reception and, and then we're gonna hear everything after. But before that happens, what is the hardest part about being a fairly new agency? You guys are again minority owned, so you know a lot more eyes are on you guys. Mm-hmm. But what is the hardest part about being a new, a, fairly new, you guys started last year in July. 
Yep. So what is the hardest part about that? Well, agent two years. I think the hardest thing is, uh, I said this in another interview, is showing credibility, right? And then truthfully just showing that other dudes' ice isn't colder than yours. I think that a lot of times people think, you know, um, I'm going to keep it PG. Uh, they think that because somebody comes from a bigger firm that they're better than you. But the reality is, as an agent, everybody runs their own book of business, no matter who you're, um, what umbrella you're under, right? If I was at Compass, right, as a real estate agent, if I suck, I suck. You know what I mean? And there's a lot of guys out there that hide under names. They don't represent anybody. Yeah. Or how they better with deals. So as a second-year agent, they still, you know, they, they still knock me, but at the end of the day, hey, I have a client. I, yeah, I've successfully negotiated a multi-year deal as an agent, as a second-year agent. To me, if I was a parent, I would say, man, that guy's on his way up. A lot of those guys are a lot older. How do I align with somebody that's on their way up so my son can maximize, right? Because a lot of those guys are on their way out. They're just too old, right? At 60, 50 years old, I'm retiring as an agent. I'll call it right now. It's not, it's not sustainable. True. So, so being older as an agent is it sustainable only because you can't keep up with the times, or some people refuse? I think, but mm. I think you can't keep up with the trend is. You mm -hmm. can't keep up what's hot. Yes, you can know owners and GMs, but at the end of the day, you're seeing what you're seeing in most sports. You're seeing a lot of younger coaches coming into the fold. You know, and at the end of the day, those younger coaches have a different philosophy and style of how they coach, what plays they run which mm -hmm. requires a different type of talent, right? A different type of thinking of how the game is previously been played. So inevitably you get younger agents, you get people that are doing things different, right? Mm -hmm. So I think they all go to wedding, in my personal opinion. Is that something like larger companies should kind of adapt, kind of like integrate? Because um, for where I work at, mm -hmm. I feel like when we have the younger generation coming up and learning a lot more about the ins and outs of the industry that I'm in, and some of the older agents are sometimes set in their ways, mm -hmm. and that kind of causes a roadblock for, how do you say, for the comp most companies to kind of expand and elevate. So. Are, is that what you guys looking for in terms of like like younger talent, not Obviously, you want to, you know, bring people up with you. Or you you would also like established talent if if it was possible. But sure. are you guys looking for more of like the younger crop coming up in the game? Yeah. So I have uh, three interns. So in my mind, I pick three interns that were looking to be mentored and they will become agents and outgrow me. I think the biggest thing being somebody that's kind of learning and going along like from you and me, I always remember the people that wouldn't help me. You know what I mean? I remember the people trying to put a ceiling on me. And had somebody just shown me love and mentored me, and there's, I would have always been loyal to them. And you know what I mean? Never tried to, to uh, outdo the master. But as long as they let me continue to grow and steamroll fast and give me some tools, I was always going to be loyal. And so I think that uh, a lot of older people get afraid and they try to oppress the talent, right, under them and take the credit. But you can't do that. It's inevitable they're going to outgrow you. So when you look at successful companies, that's how you have to look at this, right? You look at the Nikes, you look at the, you know, uh, Amazon's of the world. Like 
they're they're training staff to excel, right? Mm-hmm. They're continually getting younger. I think Nike's ethos. I worked at Nike in football brand marketing. One of their ethos was, uh, "The youth is our energy." You know, if, mm-hmm. if you're doing it the same way you previously did it, then you're wrong. Like you're gonna get fired. Like that's a real thing in those successful companies. So even reading like Steve Jobs' book, you know what I mean? Like he was always trying to find ways to do things that hadn't been done before. Yeah. Or hot talent. You know. You did something really cool with Nike that I looked up. You were part of the beginning, the beginning stages, and and what we now see as the what do they call the uh, Thursday night football? Yes, <laughs> yes. The, um, yeah. So those the, those uniforms, the um, the colorway uniforms. Yeah, color rush. The color rush. Yes. How how did that come about? It was really cra- it's crazy. It's really simple. It was like a, it was a game. So. When you play Thursday night football, right, typically the week yeah. before you play a Sunday game, so you have like a, a very short window to recover and play a football game. Yeah. And I remember was, Richard Sherman was complaining about playing a Thursday night football game and like it not being worth their time or whatever it was. And I remember the higher up was like, how do we make Thursday night football cool? Like we have the NFL contract and we're all in a meeting. And I remember – uh, my boy's name was uh, Jay Williams. He was a designer. He went to Oregon, actually. He designed a lot of the really cool Oregon uniforms and a lot of really unique, dope things that launched during that time. And uh, he was just like, all we got to do is give him some cool uniforms. We'll be happy. Like, hmm. it's simple. Like, give him something to look forward to. And it's ready. Like, you know, when you have that kind of money, like, you're playing at a high level, like, give me something to look forward to. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to get the paycheck regardless. Right. But like you, so just like so, we rolled out all thirty-two teams wearing you know different uniforms and Thursday night football. They like popped out, you know. So we yeah. just want to let you know that we we really really like the Giants ones. We really really <laughs> like the Giants <laughs> ones. The Giants. There's still more ones rolling out. Like I think, yeah. I don't think all thirty-two teams have rolled out all of the different iterations that mm. were approved that we had talked about doing. Oh, that was wow. 2015, 14. Mm. So, yeah. Um, Tay, do you have any questions for Henry? Yeah. What advice would you give someone who's interested in learning about the sports agency world? You know, where where would they find these resources? Like, how would they learn to get involved? I mean, there's some people who have the knack for it who may not, who who probably can't afford to go to some of these sports programs. You get what I'm saying? So, what yeah. advice would you give to somebody who is interested in sports branding and stuff like that? Yeah, I think the biggest thing people always ask the same thing, like little things, you know, uh, one, you got to do information interviews. I think any job I've ever done, I've always done a ton of information interviews. So reaching out to people on LinkedIn, you know, asking, hey, can I get, you know, 15 minutes of your time, take you to coffee and learn about your story and how you got there. And then trying to find common ground with them for them to mentor you or just give you tips or better yet, introduce you to somebody else afterwards. You know, just continue to build your network, you know, and then figure out what your end game is and work backwards. For sure. And what would you say for um, are some of the biggest trends you should watch? We should watch for as far as the brand development of these new school athletes like, you know, mm. Mahomes and those and Travis Kelsey and, and those guys, they are marketed and branded a lot different than even like a Russell Wilson or a Tom Brady. It feels like there was a big shift 
I'm a brand nerd, so I, I can go and talk about this for for hours, you know? But it feels as if they were introduced to the league in a different way. Like, what brand trends do you see kind of impacting um, this new generation of, of, of athletes? I think it all has to do with social media. Like, it has to do with how you put brands you put out there, who you are naturally. What Like, what do your friends tell you that, like, you're good at or, like, that you don't showcase on social media? And how do you do it? in a way that's, you know, PG-13 or how do you do in a way that is going to make you money? Or, like, how do you take a risk? Like, you know, I think at the end of the day, players in college are going to get paid off of and they're going to be treated more like influencers. So, like, what is your engagement? What is your what is your average engagement on Instagram? Like, a lot of guys don't know that. Like, you can post it. You can have a million followers, but if your engagement is 0 0.02, and nobody can do that. You can buy those followers. So, I think understanding like the actual numbers that go behind social media and what content your viewers or your followers engage with and like. That's, that's definitely amazing. That's definitely amazing. And what what would you say is your professional philosophy? Ooh, don't be about the bullshit. I'm not for everybody. I'm gonna tell you this truth. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I'm gonna go at you straight, and sometimes the truth hurts. But I've learned that the best, they want the blunt, honest truth. Like because everybody else is like, "Oh, you're so good." Like everybody else is like, giving, but they want to get better. But if nobody's telling them, like, "Hey, bro, hey, what you're posting on social, that's not cool. Like you gotta stop that." Or like, "Hey, bro, hey, you're not really working out, bro. Like you're going through the motions. Like who you're training with is trash. Like what you're doing is is not good. Like you're gonna negatively impact yourself." Like they want to get better, so just telling them the truth, right? Like I have kind of like a very like ugh, kind of cold cut approach. And then I'll try to like back it up with facts or details and not just complaining about it, but giving a plan. And so sometimes like some guys don't like that. Some guys kind of want the easier flow, but you can work on a time and you don't have a lot of time as a professional athlete. Nope. You can be popping like So if I see something, I'm gonna go out of straight. No, I respect that a lot. Uh, a lot. One last question for me. <laughs> Disruptive sports. In 10 years, what do you want your mark to be on the, the industry of sports in general? Because I know you guys are you're starting with NFL and you guys are go only going to expand. Mm -hmm. So what do you want your, your mark to be in, in the next 10 years? I, I want our mark to be that we empower the player, right? We maximize players' contracts and we get players richer up with equity compensation deals, utilizing the that they have. So like for me, I want to make a billionaire off the field. I don't I want to make a multi-billionaire because he ha he got equity in a company that was scalable and it sold for a couple billion dollars. And he had a large equity stake in that company based off of his influence that he had not based off the cash compensation he had to put up to be associated and get the equity in the company. That's what I want Mark to be like, yo, Disruptive Sports has made four billionaires. That's amazing. That's amazing to hear your story. Um, so we always look forward to- I'm not, I'm not finished. Oh. <laughs> okay. No, because you're dropping gems. Like. Oh yeah, 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 no, definitely. Go ahead, Tay. What? Well, who's your favorite team? 
Uh, why is that Ohio's favorite team? I grew up watching the 49ers as a kid, being from the Bay Area. Uh, despite you know being from the Bay Area, being in Berkeley, Oakland my whole life, I was not a Raiders fan. I wasn't. I'll be honest with you. So you're a 49ers fan. No, I'm not. I'm no longer. I'm a fan of good football. Whoever's good. That is such a PR answer. Put it in the chat. Put it in the chat. I won't tell nobody. That's cool. You're going to put me on fast. I won't. Nah, nah, nah. We have a a confidentiality here. So whatever you tell us, whatever we have. That sounds good. (laughs) I feel you, bro. I feel you. I get you. Do, do, do. Right. Nah, and nah. Who is not the Dallas Cowboys? Hey, whoever's playing, hey, whoever's playing <laughs> my guy, my favorite team. You tried to get him. You tried. You tried. I tried, but nah, it's all good. Thank you so much. Jerry, well, you know, you know, you you know, Bad B over here has a question. Yes. Hold on. Let me. Let me go ahead. All right, so uh, thankfully I was able to restart and get all this thing working again. Um, but now I have a question. I don't know if it was asking that it was. Dre, please cut off the question. Um, but with the rise of with the rise of the NIL, um, and you have all these young athletes now being able to profit in college football. What would be your advice to a young a young athlete coming in as a freshman who may end up being a big star in a small market of college football? But that ends up being like a fourth, fifth, sixth round pick in the NFL. And there's a difference there because you could be the biggest star on, you know, Texas Western and be making really good money, you know, getting endorsement deals and things like that during your time as a big star at a smaller college in, in, in with the NIL. And then you're coming in as like a six round NFL draft pick uh, who may be overlooked by a lot of companies and things like that. So what would you do, let's say, that person becomes a member of your uh, of disruptive sports. How do you uh, start to adjust that athlete to that new yeah. reality uh, yeah. uh, of the of the pros? I think the reality it is that truthfully, like just you know, I'm a very blunt speaker. I wouldn't sign a kid at a very very small school like that. And in, in my experience, I haven't seen a player at a smaller school make more money than he would as a six round draft pick. And if he does, then that means he significantly messed up his brand while he was in college. Straight up, because you should get endorsement deals just off of being in the draft, being a draft pick in your respective city as a new NFL player. So that that is backwards. Does that make sense? Yeah, and the reason why I bring that up is because of the story that I mentioned earlier. You know, you have those two now Texas A&M athletes. We don't know who they are. Yeah, um, Right, these Texas A&M athletes, but you know, for all we know, it could be the outside linebacker and and you know and the and the and 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 the, and the, and the left and the left edge, right? You know, maybe not even you know one of the premier quote unquote positions, um, but you know, you know, we have now two Texas A&M athletes who are now getting ten thousand dollars just for an interview, right? Sure. And so you know that you know when you're looking at these young athletes now who are you know looking to get into the NCAA now with the rise of the NIL. Um, mm-hmm. it'd be very interesting to see agents like yourself and agencies like Disruptive Sports really helping a lot of our young athletes with that mindset of like, hey, how do you leverage yourself correctly in the NCAA? Because I think a lot of our athletes, our young athletes, are going to be looking at how do I get the most money as quick as possible and may not have the long-term thinking mindset that really good agencies and really good agents could give them. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you, you just 
regardless, like you can't think like that. You got to think long term. And first off, let me ask the first thing. Texas A&M is, is, a, is, a, is a power five school. That's a very big school in Texas. Football is God in Texas. It's a big market. It's a college town. Like those guys are going to make some good amount of money. So th- for based on what you first said, this doesn't this doesn't fall into that equation. This is not a small school guy. Regardless if he's an offensive defensive lineman, that's a big school. You know what I mean? Like that they're gonna have what close to a hundred thousand fans. That's more than most NFL stadiums. You know what I mean? So they have a very strong fan base. That's the first thing. The second thing is, is branding is everything. Like I think it's just like keep it real simple, right? Like if you're not thinking long term, right? Like you're not gonna you, you can't maximize the full amount of money you make. It's like the like the thing they're saying is go, hey, either I can give you half a snicker today or I can give you 10 snickers tomorrow. What are you gonna take? I think we're gonna go into the air where guys are gonna the people that say no early on are gonna have way more value later on down the road. And there's gonna be some that get successful that really weren't those dudes into the last year of college football and gonna walk in the NFL just like they do every year and blow up. Right? Like on marketing fronts, like Joe Burrow probably wasn't a draft pick his freshman, sophomore year, right? First round draft pick. You know, so, I mean, there's going to be a whole bunch of outliers. I think that less is more and that all these players need to really just focus on the branding on social media. What is your thing? And then at the same time, even before that, they need to focus on the main thing, which is their sport. Because if you're not ball on the field, Ain't nobody worrying about you at all. Nobody's gonna watch you because nobody knows you. Absolutely, that's that's point blank. Period. Well, we definitely thank you for answering our questions, and let's get into a few of today's topics. So I want to come to you because we spoke about this um, prior to to recording, and um, mental health is important. It's important not just as common folk, but as athletes included. Um, we saw what was going on with with Richard Sherman and everything that's going on with, in his life with um, his family. Henry, what what are your thoughts on on how it's now being handled by? Not just him, but how it's hand, being handled by the media. Um, I think the media is handling it like it, how they typically handle things. You know, they're gonna blast it, they're gonna put videos out there, they're gonna put everything out they can. I think that mental health is real. Um, you know, just being an ex athlete myself, you know, making the transition from not playing football, even as a walk on a smaller school, was really tough. You know, and um, it just you never know how somebody takes certain things and we don't know the full situation either. So, you know, I feel like we can't speak on that exact moment too much, but I think that Sherman being who he is and the respect that across the league, everybody has for him should show that, Hey, mental health is really serious, man. You can be, it doesn't matter who you are, you know? So, yeah. And does this go back into um, the whole concussion conversation? That was ha- that was being that's been had for the last maybe ten years or so about um, just people taking care of themselves, not just on the field but off the field. 
I mean, I think it's just, it's just too early to tell, you know? Yeah. I just I let science dictate certain things like that. I don't want to jump out and say the wrong thing, you know? So I think you have to just wait and tell. I think that just mental health still, regardless of that, is just, it's how you feel inside, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I don't, you can't rule it out. Mm -hmm. So, just wait and see. How do you guys feel about it? Queen. It was a shocking thing to see. Um, it wasn't as, I think the media, as what media does, it, the media sens sensationalizes everything. Um, I think that when you're a public figure, when you're an athlete, you are in the line of fire for the media all the time. And the media will catch you at your best, the media will catch you at your worst, and they will judge you more than the people in your personal life. You get what I'm saying? Um, so the media creates their own narratives based on the information that they have. And in some ways, like I'm a big fan of, and I'm always somebody who says, keep the same energy. You get what I'm saying? So I'm going to keep the same energy for this situation as I would for others. You know, I feel like, you know, some, some media has tried to compare this to the Ray Wright situation seven years ago, and it's not that. You get what I'm saying? Um, yeah. And it's it's another thing where Richard Sherman was always somebody in the media who was very well-spoken. The media did not like him because he was not ignorant. That He knew what he was talking about. He was an intelligent black man who, who had his stuff together. And then during a moment of, you know, weakness or I don't know, you know, we all have our days. You get what I'm saying? So it's just, it sucks that it had to be him. Absolutely. That's how I feel. And then, you know, to be honest with you, and if, and if he was menacing and assaulting, you know, anybody in his family, then be that as it may, you know, this is just my personal opinion, then you get what you're working for. But it sucks that this during the year that he's in free agency and there's so many things that are buzzing around his name. And I hope that this does not drop his stock when it comes to um, other teams offering him a contract. But I feel as if, like, you have to, you as a public figure, you have to be careful. You have to be careful. You you have to, you know, take care of your money and take care of your mind. And you can't have one without the other. Mental health is very important. It's something that we've advocated for. And I'm one of the only people I know or that we were one of the only shows that I know that spoke about the importance of men of color taking care of their mental health because it's something that men of color are not, you know, known to do are not encouraged to do, black men in particular. If you show a moment of weakness, you're weak, you're, you're a bitch, you're this, you're that. You get what I'm saying? So I just hope that if he has issues to address, that he addresses them. And to be honest with you, let's not put this in the same category as what was going on with Deshaun or what was going on with these other people because it's not the same. I agree. Pete. You know, uh, and I, I want to touch on what Tay said at the la at the end of it before I go to the beginning of it. You know, talk about mental health and, and the way that we react to how people deal with situations. Uh, the former um, the former quarterback for the Washington football team, I'm forgetting his name off the top of my head, that he recently signed with the Pittsburgh Steelers for one year, was recently in the news um, because there was a domestic incident where he did not physically retaliate. Right. He did not physically retaliate. Um, 
in, in a domestic uh, domestic situation, and people on social media have been clowning him for 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 not retaliating, but yet they would have wanted to crucify him had he retaliated. So it's just like you know, these 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 young men, you know, can't find any solace in what they do. And when it comes to the Richard Sherman, Sherman situation, we have seen when outside forces such as mental health, alcoholism, um, really, really, really do affect somebody's life in a major way. And when you mix mental health and alcohol, it just compounds to a level that can be very dangerous. I'm very glad that no one, at least that we know, was hurt in any way or harmed in any way physically or anything like that. Obviously, it was a very scary situation for everybody involved. I love, I do respect how Richard Sherman immediately came out and, um, you know, took uh, took ownership of the situation said I did this I was wrong I was messed up and I and you know and, and I need I apologize and I need to do what I need to do um, and and also how there are people who were involved in the situation who are at least standing behind Richard Sherman and saying you know we want to make sure that he gets help and he gets the assistance that he needs before this turns into any kind of negative legal situation right anything like that. And of course, the media is jumping on this. And I think the, uh, a reason why the media is jumping on this more than anybody's really talking about is Richard Sherman is the vice president of the NFL Players Association. And, you know, to make Richard Sherman look bad, de facto, you try to make the Players Association look bad. Oh, my God, they must be they must not have you know, the right, how can they make the right decisions for the players if this is the person who's their VP? And that's a terrible way to spin the story um, that the media has been doing. Um, you know, I wish Richard Sherman and his family and everybody involved uh, all the best. I wish Richard Sherman uh, gets help, before, you know, and, and I do hope that if he can, you know, safely uh, and physically continue his NFL career, I hope he does get a chance to, um, but more so than anything, I, I hope that he gets the help that he needs so that he can live a productive and, uh, and, 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 and a productive life for himself mentally and physically well beyond his years in the NFL. Uh, just to round it out, um, as Tay said, we've been super advocates of mental health when it either when it comes to um, what Kyrie Irving was going through what uh, and just recently Naomi Osaka um mental health is important to athletes and it, and it's important to us as well you can't be your best in your field if you're not there if you you're not strong enough up there sometimes and um again Richard Sherman probably one of the greatest players in of our generation and again people need to realize people are human too that's what it comes down to. People are human sometimes. People have emotions, things go on with people, and just just ask questions or or sometimes just mind your business and just let things just like be. Like I don't think people really should poke and prod into any everything that's happened. Just he came out and said, This is what it is, this is what it is. And it should be left at that. That's how that's how I feel about it. So, moving on to the it's next. Not seen, and you know, it wasn't threatening. Like they trying to make it seem like, oh my god, this big black man was like pounding on his emerald doors. Like, right. You know what I'm saying? Like they trying to make it seem like what it wasn't. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. and also, don't drink and drive. 
nobody, please. That's that's just my thing. I felt. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. But moving on, Pete. Oh, Pete's not here. <laughs> Team USA, right? As we've seen, let's call it spade a spade. This Team USA is garbage. <laughs> this team looks really, really bad. Um, <laughs> Tay, being that you've watched a lot of the gold medal winning Team USA teams. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you rank this one so far? Um, towards the bottom. I mean, they're not really doing well. But you know what? Maybe it's not only that they that they're not doing well. Mm-hmm. It's that the competition overseas is getting a lot tougher. You get what I'm saying? So if you're not sending the cream of the crop, your best of the best, you know, you might just get clowned out there. Um, as an above average, you send an above average players to play the, the other country's best players. What do you think is gonna happen? Like. This is that they're not putting together dream teams anymore. And I heard that my favorite trade, DeVarge, was upset because he was slided from the team or something like that, right? Trey DeVarge. She calls Trey Young Trey DeVarge, Henry. I, I just, <laughs> I can't hear you mute it. <laughs> but, I, can't, I, was, I was wondering who that was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, she's been calling him Trey DeVarge all playoffs. <laughs> yeah, so. Um, I think that they are – the United States is not the bad man around town anymore. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So if you're not sending your number one players out there, expect that these other countries, they're sending their number one players out there. You know, you have some of our best players playing for other countries. So it's like, what do you think is going to happen? Um, they are not the dream team, the redeemed team, the – 99 cent dream team either. You know what I'm saying? They're terrible. I think mean, I mean, you said that overseas teams are getting better. They're That's, getting better. And at the same time, right, like, let's take into account, like, these guys have played two seasons pretty consecutively. Like, dogs, dudes are tired. It was in the bubble. They got out the bubble. They're playing again. Like, I, I don't really know the break for basketball is standard as it typically is. Correct me if I'm wrong. But, I mean, they've been playing. A lot. They tie. They tie, boys. Yes and no, because here's the thing. Um, they have everybody knows there's a selection committee and they, they pick who they want to pick. Outside of really LeBron James, who said no, and James Harden, who was injured, and Kyrie Irving is injured. Everybody else is is up for grabs. Like, why would you pick Kevin Love as your center? Like, who did who who's like, yeah, Kevin Love gonna do it for us? Like, and again, I, I like Kevin Love, <laughs> I like Kevin Love, but not this is after, not 2010, right? <laughs> this this is not even Timberwolves Kevin Love. Like, this is this this Kevin, <laughs> this Kevin. There ain't no love in this game. Like home alone, Kevin. Right. Yeah, this is Kevin. (laughs) This is Kevin. All right. You want to play, though. You want to play. Okay. You want to play. I'm looking at this team, right? And. (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you you trying to play? <laughs> you trying to play? I told Wilkins, you know, you think our Wilkins tried to play me, right? Mm-hmm. I told him if you want to play against me, he better sign a waiver. Oh, yeah. Tay play basketball, too. <laughs> Tay play basketball, too. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I did that when she said that she was going to um, <laughs> she's going to shot elbow somebody on our network. Hey, I just want to let you guys know, I, I don't want to play you in basketball. Okay? I don't know where I just, I opt out right now. Thank you. I want you to be my agent, though. Hey, I, 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 I don't do basketball. Well, you learn. <laughs> Make me into 10K Tay. I don't want the problem seeing that I'm very direct with my clients. You telling me no? I'm not, I'm not telling you no. I'll find your solution. You're not gonna PR me today. Use <laughs> my own. No, we're not doing that. Is you? Is you or is you not my agent? I'm not your agent. Oh, you're you're my off my screen. Look, 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 look. Problems with a PR specialist. Where's my deal? Hey, look. <laughs> it's not here. But <laughs> all we do is scare teams. Do do do. Um, I'm looking into this roster, mm-hmm. and I think you know you have Bam Adebayo, you have Bradley Beal, you have uh, Devin Booker, who's obviously not playing. Yeah. Um, you have Draymond Green. You know how I feel about Draymond. That's her favorite player <laughs> on the low. It's- the only nobody here without LeBron James or Steph Curry or Kevin Durant barely has made it out the first or second round of the playoffs. So, like, what did you expect? Like, if you send if you send your B plus players, expect a B minus result. Sorry, guys, that's it. They're going to get an A plus ass whooping instead of B plus players. Yeah. But, you that's, know. Not, that's not fair. I'll be honest. That's not fair. <laughs> they, they, got, they got an MVP. Okay. You know, they got some players. You know? Basketball is a little different. It's basketball. You can have one star and hit for 50 a game, you know? And lose. <laughs> and lose. Yeah, I'm just saying. I hear you, Queen, but. Man. But you would think with this coaching staff that they'd be like spectacular, like Greg Popovich, Steve Kerr, Jerry Colangelo. Uh. <laughs> what happened? I think Henry said something about it earlier, and I think, and and kind of just add on to that. I think. They don't have time together. They have no time together. Like almost zero time playing together. The only two teammates on the team play harder. Is Dre and, and Dre and KD. Who cares? Play harder. And I don't know how they play together after <laughs> Draymond said what he said. <laughs> like who cares? Play harder. They need you as a motivational coach to go there and go to Vegas and. I would be a terrible motivational speaker, guys. I'm sorry. Like that's that's not my calling in life. Really? Like, <laughs> he said, "Really? Come on, Queen. I thought she could do it all. 
She can. I'd be but like, <laughs> that's your speech. Just to look at them. Listen, wait. to be like, listen, my, my mama has had plenty of motivational speeches from the front seat of the car like this. That's all she did. Like, lower the shades, look at you, the death <laughs> eyes there. That's, that's, that's all you need. See, you don't need words sometimes. You can just that look, like. Says take, you know. take if deaf eyes on the show to one of our co-hosts who's not here. <laughs> they, they listen. If you ever go back and watch some of our some of our stuff, Tay and our boy BK Matt, it is like Ali and and Holyfield. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, Tyson Holyfield and Tay is Tyson. <laughs> Biting <your> ears off. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. But you just said you you basically saying that I, I lose because even though Tyson bit his ear off, he's oh no, I'm just saying you oh, the over aggressor. I didn't say you lose. I'm not talking about the result of the fight. <laughs> I'm not talking about the result. I can't say who be winning, who be losing because because I'm I'm the middle ground. I'm not supposed to do that. <laughs> but um, I rolled my eyes so hard I got a headache. Good for you. <laughs> so. <laughs> Look, Def's there. (laughs) But, Henry, we definitely appreciate you coming on today. We definitely appreciate you. Anytime you want to come on, you are more than welcome to to come through. Um, I know you got a lot of big things coming up. So, whatever you need, you let us know. All the support. All the support in the world. Y'all love the support. And, you know, right back at you guys. Most definitely. Thank you so much. You've been such a lovely guest to have on our show. You know, best wishes. And everything, you know, keep keep grinding, keep shining. You know, we're supporting, we're, we're rooting for you, bro. I really uh, 10 years, 4 billion. All right. 4 billion. Come on, we'll do it. Let's yeah. get it done. All right, we'll leave it. Over and out. All right. So, that was a um, great interview. Great questions by you, Queen. Um, I know you got. I know you're into kind of that field yourself outside of here. So it was nice to hear the conversation you had with you and Henry. But um, yeah, shout out to the Job Tips Network, of course. You know what? No, let's we'll shout them out in a second. Again, as always, shout out to Queen Tay and everything that she's doing. Again, can't directly say what she's doing, but a lot of things was popping popping this past week. Yeah. So, but for BK Matt, oh, he's not here. What happened? What happened? Not, not, not this week. Okay. He's not here. For him, not here. Not here. For the voice of a generation, Pete Rosado. Him was here a little bit. For the queen, 7K, a.k.a. next next 10K, Tay, it is your boy, Big Baby, signing off. Peace.